This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty. I have no doubt that Saquon Barkley, when healthy, will be outstanding. The knock against him has been his availability. And you saw what he was able to do last year when he was available. This is a business. And the only thing that he and the other running backs can do around the National Football League is understand this is how it is. And you may have to take a step back and take the multi-year deal for less money and deal with the guaranteed money and then really work to add the incentives to try to make it back. Here's what you have to understand. I have to make it almost impossible for them to take me off the field. I have to be so good that I am, you you can't get me off the field. And then hopefully we'll slide the pay scale up a little bit. Hopefully. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Welcome back to hour number two. We're in for Dan Grasso on 98.7 ESPN. Chatting with you on the phones at 1-800-919-3776. Talking a little baseball. We're talking some Giants. We'll talk Jets in a minute. Right now, let's talk to Dave in the car on 98.7 ESPN. What's up, Dave? Hey, what's up? Thanks for having me on. Um, you know, I just wanted to kind of bounce this off of you mm-hmm. uh, with this whole Barkley deal. I was a little surprised that he caved. Um, I know his uncle was a prize fighter. I thought that, you know, he was going to take a stance because I don't look at him the same way I look at Lavian Bell as far as character, his physical abilities. Um, and I really believe that the Giants need, with their schedule, they need everybody. I don't care how well Debo coached last year. Their schedule is a killer's, murderer's row schedule. And I don't really don't think they'll make the playoffs, but I think it's a tough spot to be in with him and correct me if I'm wrong at some point the running back's going to have to carry the load we can see about what they're doing with other running backs in the league and paying them at some point because of weather conditions the, the way the game dictates you're going to have to pound the ball on the ground and that's where I begin to wonder about the decision he made to come aboard for less money because he can have the best year of his life next year will he physically be able to do better as time goes by and and time is against him. He's a running back. What are your thoughts? Well, listen, Dave, you're a thousand percent right. And thanks for the phone call, but he, he is in a, he's playing a position where he doesn't have leverage. And when we say that, you've heard us say that a lot, right? And what we, what we mean when we say that is, it's not that the running game is in trouble. It's, you have multiple options for a running back that you don't have to pay a lot of money for to have a running back by committee. So I can get a running back. I can draft a running back. And he may not, I will acknowledge, he is not as good as Barkley or Jacobs or Elliott. Okay? He's not as good. I'm telling you up front, he's not as good. But I can create some things. It's up to my offensive coordinator to create some schemes and things to make him productive. And then I will put him in certain schemes against certain defenses, and he can do certain things. And I don't have to pay him what I'm paying a Saquon Barkley or a Jacobs or an Elliott. I don't have to pay them or a Pollock. Pollock. I don't have to pay him. All right? So I can pay this running back, what, $5 million, $4 million, whatever. 
I don't have to, I don't have to worry about multi-year guaranteed deals with this guy. I got time to sign him. I got four or five years. Okay, so I can draft these guys and run them and run them and run them and run them and do that. And so, yes, the Giants need a healthy Saquon Barkley. There's no question they do. No question. But they're also going to have a couple of other healthy running backs. And it will be Brian Dable and his offensive coordinator's job to put these guys in a position where they will also be successful. And I can spell Saquon, or I can phase Saquon out, or I can do whatever I want to do with Saquon Barkley and pay him less. Now, clearly, I'll say this, it's clear, and we can disagree on the salary, but it's clear that they wanted Saquon back. They didn't cut him like Dallas did Ezekiel Elliott. They didn't cut him like Minnesota did Dalvin Cook. They wanted him back, but they wanted him back at their price. And obviously, that was not the same price that Saquon Barkley thought he was worth. And that's where we have the art of negotiation. And in hindsight, and it must have been the guaranteed money, just my speculation, but in hindsight, perhaps he would have been better taking the two-year $23 million guaranteed deal as opposed to the one he took. But maybe what he's doing is he's betting on himself. And he's saying, hey, guess what? I'm going to prove to you that I am worth more than what this $10 million signing bonus is. Not, not signing bonus. The $10 million uh, salary is for this year. Yeah, they gave me a $2 million signing bonus. That's nice, but it's part of the 10, not in addition to. And I've got incentives. So my goal here is to show you that I'm still despite the fact of how much you think I'm worth, I'm still a very productive running back. I'm still an asset to the offense. I'm still a primetime player on this offense. And then when we come to the table next year, it'll be different. Okay, you may want to give me the franchise tag, but I may say, you know what? I I'm demanding a trade. I want to go someplace else. So for right now, he said, and we heard him last hour, he said he wanted to come in. He had an epiphany. He wanted to come in, come to camp, make himself. What he's done is he's made himself very marketable and very appealing to other teams in his thought process. Hey, guess what? Look at all this. He could have sat out. He didn't. Jacobs left. Barkley came back. And he's right back in camp. And he took the franchise tag. And if he stays healthy and he does what he's supposed to do at, the, at next year, He's betting on the fact that he will have other suitors who will be willing to pay him what he wants or pay him more than what the Giants view that he is worth. And that's, and that's his option. And that's what, he's, uh, that's what he's decided to do, he and his agents. Uh, Nick 2.0 on X. Hardest to ESPN, I think, in the next NFL-CBA negotiation, players should fight for running back rookie contracts to be two years plus third-year option. Their value will be in those next few years and may earn more money at signing time. It's not a bad thought, Nick 2.0, but here's the issue. I don't know that the end of, first of all, the next contract is not up until 2030. This contract's not up until 2030. That's number one. Number two, I don't know that the NFLPA is going to be willing to try to highlight a specific position to help 
where they're going to isolate and make it different from other positions with the with the with their uh, constituents. Translation: They have enough trouble trying to get everybody on one page. There's going to be some other folks. There's going to be some safeties who are like, well, okay, we understand what's going on with the running backs, and that's messed up. But <clears throat> have you all seen what we get paid? <laughs> So I don't know that that's going to be an issue. I don't know that they'll be able to do that. It's not a bad idea. I just don't know. I just don't know that that's what's going to happen. Artie's in Brooklyn. What's up, Artie? Hey, Larry, how's it going, bud? Hey, it's going great, Artie. So, what's happening, my friend? So I heard that Cook's visiting us. Yes. And I want to tell them right now, get the artillery, get the dogs. He's not leaving the building until he signs. I want to see on Dateline that Dalvin Cook was kidnapped by Sal Coach Salah until he signed the contract. That is why Rodgers gave up this money so we could get him more offensive weapons. We let one guy go. That's fine. He went to the Titans. Let's sign this guy. What do you say, Larry? I agree with you, Artie. Thanks for the phone call. Now, I would prefer to see it on the ESPN crawl. Uh, that they signed him. Oh, actually, I'd love to break it right here. So, if, if, listen, if the Jets, you know, listen, we're good friends. Covered the team forever. You know, did sidelines for you guys. Can you do me a favor? Could you break it? So, could you sign him so we could break it right here? It would be great. Jared Winley, Megan Gilmore, crew, Eric Gelfan, you know, Joe Douglas, Robert Salah, come on. Help. The Johnson brothers, help me out. Sign him so we can make the announcement right here. On your home, your radio home for the New York Jets. That'd be perfect. That'd be perfect. I'll tell you this, Artie. All jokes aside, the fact that he has said that they are looking to make a date with New England, you can't let him out the door. You can't let him out the door. You cannot, you cannot lose Dalvin Cook to the New England Patriots after he's been here. You can't do it. You can't do it. And Aaron Rodgers, that's 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 a Tom Brady move, right? Let me give up the thirty-five million. He's all in. He gave that money up. I tell you, that's it's not bad. It's not bad. You you can't be you 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 got to be. That's a major statement. That's a major statement by him. So, Artie, I agree with you a thousand percent. Got to sign him. Can't let him leave the building. Can't do it. Richard's in Manhattan. What's up, Richard? Larry, this story with Aaron Rodgers giving up money. But yes. this is only temporary, though, right, Larry? He'll get it back later on, yeah, won't he? somewhere down the road. Yeah, he'll, he'll, uh, he'll make it back. But it's still a nice story. Absolutely. Huh? You know, you don't see this the night before, the day before Saquon coming, and then Aaron Rodgers. These are these are great things. I'm telling you, you didn't mm-hmm. see stuff like this in the old days. So it's it's pretty interesting. Very, you know, as much as we talk about Aaron Rodgers, what he'll do for the Jets, mm-hmm. he's still. I don't think he'll beat the gold standard. The gold standard is Bill Parcells, right? When he came in '97, we went from one win to nine wins. Mm-hmm. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to be a difference in eight wins this year. I don't see it unless 
we win 15 and two this year. I I, I can't see that, but uh, yeah, I hear what you're saying, but you know, you know overall, and thanks for the phone call, Richard. Yeah. Overall, um, they could, and Parcells was tremendous. There's no question about that. I mean, he turned the whole thing around. But I do think maybe not a win total. You're right. It won't it won't match the win total, but I know Jeff fans wish it would, man. Could you imagine doubling your could you imagine doubling your win total from last year because of Aaron Rodgers? Can you imagine that? Jeff fans would be like, oh, there'd be a parade already. But listen, for the Jet fans, Richard, they don't care about Dub matching parcels. They just want to play in January after the regular season's over. That's what they want. That's what they want. They they haven't seen that in 12 years. Only the Buffalo Sabres have the same amount of time that they haven't been in the postseason in their league, in the NHL, along with the Jets. So, yeah, you're right. Is will it be the same thing as Parcells? No, but to the Jet fan, just get me to the playoffs so I can play a meaningful games in December and have and to have the playoffs in January and hopefully February. So I'm reading some names for possible trades for the Yankees. I'm going to give you some names, and I want you to tell me who do you think is the best chance to be in pinstripes. We'll do that next. It's Hardesty for Grasso on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Hardesty for Grasso on 98.7 ESPN. 1-800-919-3776. Also be an X. At hardest the ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. I just put up a uh, poll question on X. Which of these players are the most realistic additions to the Yankees at the deadline? Cody Bellinger. Randall Gritchick. Juan Soto. Or Nelson Arenado. Okay. You can weigh in at Hardest to ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. Also, I'll take your calls at 1 800 919 3776. Let's go to the phones. Sal is in Brooklyn. Sal, you're next on 98.7. Larry, always a pleasure, my good man. How are you? Hey, Sal, what's happening, partner? Hey, how are we going to look at this here? Check this out. Mm-hmm. What if we were to try to do something absolutely outrageous? And when I say absolutely, I mean absolutely outrageous. Mm-hmm. You talk to the Angels, since they're in it to win it, but I still think the GM maybe might have something up his sleeve to, to just raise the stakes on anybody going out. But don't look at Otani. See if you can pry Trout away from them. Because he's still three, four weeks away from doing anything with that team. Hmm. And if you can pry – I'm just – I know it's not going to happen. I know this is right. – all these guys are morons. I'm just saying <laughs> – if Cashman wants to earn that keep uh-huh. and he can pull something like that off, just think about what that would do for center field and the Yankees moving forward. That's just a thought. That's all. See yeah, if I hear you, Sal. Tires on that a little bit and get a taste. All right. That's interesting. Thanks yeah. for the phone call. The, the biggest question I would have is what are you going to give up for him? What the hell is he talking about, Larry? <laughs> 
He wants Mike Trout. And he says he knows it's not going to happen. He says he knows it's not going to happen. And he's right because the, the, the Yankees aren't going to give up what they want. They've already said if they're not giving up two of their top prospects for Trout, I mean, if, they're not, if they don't want to give up two of their top prospects, no Trout, no Soto. I don't know what they're going to get. <laughs> I don't know what they're going to get. I would have to think that there is somewhere where they're saying, you know what, let's, uh, uh, you know, well, let's see what the deal would be. So, once again, I'm going to yield. i got two Yankee fans in the studio, so I can ask them. Harvey, I'll start with you. If I said to you that you could get Juan Soto, okay, for this year and next before you have, before he's a free agent, but you have to give up both of those prospects, uh, Gleyber Torres, uh, whatever, is there any is there is there anybody on this team that you would say is untouchable for you to get Juan Soto? Other than Judge, yes. No, I'd trade anybody for, for Juan Soto. Would you empty your? Would you almost ha- if you have to almost empty your minor league system? Is it worth it? And not empty it, but almost empty it. You know the the top part of your system. Is it worth it for Juan Soto? Because yes. remember that you got to sign it. Yes. Okay. Joe, you agree? Absolutely, I do. Okay. I'm surprised the uh, the Mets didn't push for him last season. Listen, I'm surprised the Mets didn't do. It. I still I'm still waiting for that bat I asked for last season. <laughs> yeah, I heard about that last season. <laughs> I'm still waiting for that bat, guys. I'm still waiting. I said I wanted a bat. They said, "Here, we'll give you two. Vogel back and rough. After after I got him, I said, I'm looking for a bat. <laughs> Still need a bat this season. You know what they said to me? You're all right. Rough wasn't a good idea, but Vogelback will be okay. Mm. We're coming to the trade deadline a year later. Hey, guess what? Sure could use a bat. <laughs> Can I get a bat? And a bullpen piece. Can I get a bat and a bullpen piece? Is that is that possible? Is that possible? Can I get that? Nothing yet. Nothing yet. I mean, I the Mets still don't have a DH. They still don't have a DH. And here's the other concern that you have. Okay? Here's the other concern that you have if you're a Met fan right now. Is... What are they going to do? Let's say, let's say hypothetically they say, let's go for it. We, we, we're close enough. We've seen some things. We think the team is playing better. We know we need bullpen help. Let's go. Let's, let's add some bullpen pieces. And then they just turn around and mess up the whole thing again. I, I just, I, right now, honestly, right this minute, the only I have faith in Verlander, and I know that they get, they're going to get calls on Verlander because he's been very good his last couple of outings. So I know they will get calls asking about Verlander if they haven't already. 
not so much Scherzer, but more Verlander because he's he's pitched better. And Senga's been pretty good. Now I know he's he's good tonight and he's always good at home, but he's really made the adjustment. He's been better. And the main thing for me that's been the biggest addition for me, he's giving you length. He's more efficient. It's the top of the fifth, and he's only got 69 pitches. He's only thrown 69 right now. So, I mean, he could at least go right now, the way he's the way he's throwing, barring, you know, a, a bad inning, he could at least go seven, at least from a pitch count standpoint, and maybe more. See, that's the difference in him. That's what I like. That's what I that's what they saw. So I like him. I like I'm confident in him when he takes the mound, confident in Verlander. Carrasco, <laughs> please. Scherzer, I don't know what I'm going to get. I'm just looking for a quality start. That's all I want from Verlander. I mean, from Scherzer, quality start. Give me a quality start, I'm good. Quality start. I got to gotta find a way to get four runs because I think he, a quality start for him is three runs, five hits, six, six innings. If I can get that from him, I'm hoping my team can score some runs. I'll be good. Everybody else in the rotation? <laughs> Help. We'll continue the conversation next on 98.7 ESPN. X. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Talking, uh, we'll turn our attention to the Jets, and we'll do that with Shant in Long Island. Shant, you're next on 98.7. Did I say that right? Yeah, you, you did. Sorry, I was just walking out of a bodega. No um, problem. I was just calling it. I just wanted to comment on something an, an earlier caller said regarding the gold standard being uh, Bill Parcells' eight wins. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I get it, but I really think the gold standard is actually winning the gold. And um, I, I I really have faith in this in this year's Jets. But I I agree with what you said. I just Making the playoffs and having meaningful games in December would be uh, just amazing, something we're not used to. Look, I've been raised a Mets, Jets, and Knicks fan. So oh, my God, I feel I for re- you. Oh, it's awful. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's it's cool. I mean, I mean, this is what sports is all about, right? Yeah. It's supposed to be the loyalty. But uh, And one last thing, mm-hmm. I, I don't think we're letting Dalvin Cook leave. Like, in Green Bay, they run on a – two running back uh, committee and both running backs that, that they've had there, they're um, either one of them would make a, a solid RB one for any team. So I think uh, a, a one, two punch with um, between Brees and Dalvin would be phenomenal. And we did give each back a little bit of relief because Dalvin cook has been injured in, in the past, but he's mm-hmm. come back uh, very strong and I have all the faith in, in Brees Hall, but uh, I mean football—it's a—it's a brutal sport. So I think it would just give each back a little bit more um, ease and really be able to use them best. Uh, plus, they're both of them are great receivers, also. So I think they would be amazing for Aaron Rodgers and just open up the offense altogether. I'll, I'll just leave it at that. I agree with you, and thanks for the phone call. And you know, it's about having the best talent at the position. And if you could split the reps between Hall and Cook, man, that makes that 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 that's some offense, right? That would be some offense. 
if you're able to get to make that happen. So I, I agree with you. They can't. You, you don't want to. If you if you have any opportunities, don't let them leave the studio. Don't let them leave the studio. Don't let them, don't let them leave the building, or the studio. <laughs> Whatever you got to do, keep them there. Keep them there. Keep Dalvin Cook there. That's the only way to go. That's what you got to do, especially as uh, reports that he is also ready to meet with the New England Patriots. Well, it happened. I don't know why it happened, but it did. It's amazing. It's very unusual, I'll say it again, for coaches to snipe at each other. But that's what Sean Payton did to Nathaniel Hackett. In an interview with USA Today Sports, Peyton called the work done by Hackett and his staff in 2022, quote, the one of the worst coaching jobs in the history of the NFL, end of quote. He also noted that there were, quote, 20 dirty hands, quote, around quarterback Russell Wilson's career worst season, worst season that included just 16 touchdowns, mm -hmm. 16 touchdowns and a league high 55 sacks. As a matter of fact, Peyton took aim at Hackett's new employer, the Jets, saying they are spending a lot of time trying to win the offseason with a lot of pomp and circumstance. Like what? Like what pomp and circumstance are you talking about? Pomp and circumstance? I mean, they're not, I mean, you know, everybody's covering them because they got Aaron, Aaron Rodgers. That's what it is. As you know, the Michael K. show was at Jet Camp today. Randall Cobb, Randall Cobb was one of the guests, and uh, he was asked about Sean Payton's comments. Talking about the Bunny Gate coach? Yeah, That's yeah. What we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, that okay. guy. All right. Are you surprised that a coach would say that about another coach? Am I surprised? No, not in this day and age. As a man, I think it's pretty soft. I think he's trying to soften the blow, but that's not my team. I'm not worried about them. He can say what he wants to say. I know who Hackett is. I know what he brings uh, to our team. I know how he's going to motivate guys and how he's going to make the game fun. And that's one of the reasons that I'm here. He was, he was a big part of the reason that I wanted to come to the Jets. And, of course, when Robert Salas stepped to the microphone on the Michael K Show, the guys asked him about Sean Payton's comments. I'm not going to acknowledge it. I'm not. Well, you expect more from people. But <laughs> the, the big thing I will say is that, you know, we're, we're excited about the direction, the direction we're going. You know, with Joe Douglas and his staff and our staff, we've been very deliberate in how we've done things. Really excited about Hackett and Keith Carter and Todd Downing and the staff that we put together on offense. There's a lot of juice and energy on that side of the ball and doing a really, really nice job assembling it uh, and putting the offense together. And we're excited about the direction we're going. I joke around. I'd say, you know, like I said, the Rico Ritchie quote, if you ain't got no haters, you ain't popping. And if people are just looking for us to fail, we'll just keep watching. All right. So once again, Robert Salah taking the high road. I'm curious, Jeff fans, what did you think about that when you saw that? 1-800-919-3776. Also on X at Hardest to ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. Going back to Randall Cobb, he was asked about, you know, Garrett Wilson and how he's been in camp. What are your thoughts, Randall? 
scary yeah. <laughs> that, that, that kid is scary good and i'm excited i'm excited for him not only what the talent that he has but now having aaron here and being able to refine his ability uh he, he has all the pieces and now it's just getting him to understand the big picture and how he relates to the offense how he can beat guys in certain ways and understanding where he is in a progression and understanding on certain plays he has more time in his routes and being able to push the depth and understanding how he fits into the offense. Uh, but I'm, I'm really excited for him. Well, Randall, you would know. So we'll ask you this question. Are we seeing, are we seeing and will we see prime Aaron Rodgers? I do. When it comes to throwing the football, uh, you know, obviously there there's a lot of details that we have to work out, especially in our room as receivers. And that's a big part of Coach Z and myself and, and Alan to, to get everybody to understand the process and how Aaron goes about things and how he sees things and being able to pass along that knowledge to our younger group because we got a very talented group, but it's about the details. He's a very detail-oriented person, and he expects everybody around him to understand what the big goal is and what the big picture is. And we're working towards that. Is this team a Super Bowl caliber team, Randall? I believe it is. When you talk about championship teams, it always starts on defense. Them being able to create turnovers, them being able to get off the field in situational football, and you already see that. You already know that we have that. It's offensively putting it all together, and anytime you add a player like Aaron Rodgers, you're obviously going to up your opportunity for that. Well, listen, here's the thing. Um, We know what the the upside of the Jets' defense could be, okay? It could be. They could be a very, very good defense. They could be. They were really good last season. They wore down, down the stretch. We understand it. There were some things that they were unable to do. You know, we get it. There were people who said, well, you know, their numbers are inflated because of who the quarterbacks were when they played. It's not their fault who the quarterbacks were. They did what they had to do. I mean, what would we say about them if those quarterbacks lit them up? <laughs> We'd say that was a horrible defense, right? So it's the same thing. They did what they were supposed to do. They were better than those young quarterbacks or the backup quarterbacks, and they performed that way. That's what they should do. So we'll, can they do it again and be even better? That's really the question here. That's the that's the pressure on Obrick and Salah and all the coordinators and all the line coaches. Your defense has to be better than what it was last year. And Salah talked about it on the K-Show. You can't give up big plays. You've got to turn the you got to get turnovers. You got to get off the field on third on fourth down. You guys know. You guys understand it. You guys get it. You watch football a lot. You know what it takes. You've seen winning defenses. So you know what a Super Bowl caliber defense looks like. And they have to be really good. They have to be really good. And only time will tell if they are. We'll continue the conversation with your calls next on 98.7 ESPN. Oh, this guy's a moron. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. 1-800-919-3776. James is in Queens. James, you're next on 98.7. Larry, how are you, man? Great talking to you. Hey, James, Um, what's going on? So listen, this year, the Jets and the Giants, they both have some pieces. 
Mm-hmm. The Giants finished with a better season last year than people thought, mm-hmm. and the Jets have Aaron Rodgers and the players they have. Who do you think finishes higher? I mean, no playoff is guaranteed. Who do you think with the depth chart can finish higher this year, you know? Um, that's a good one, James. Uh, thanks for the phone call. I'm going to say that I think the Jets will finish a little higher than the Giants. I have a bit more um, confidence in the Giants than a lot of other people do. I I, I really do. Um, I think the Jets will finish higher. But ironically, I think both will make the playoffs. I really do. I really do. I think the Giants are gonna I think the Giants are gonna surprise some folks. I think they are. I know there's a lot of people who don't think they're gonna make the postseason. Matter of fact, I thought they were I mean, I was surprised at them last year too, but I thought they were good enough to make the postseason as well. You know. Um so I, I think they're gonna do I think they're gonna be okay. All right. Once again, real quickly, because everybody's talking about the Giants schedule. So once again, open home against Dallas, September 10th, Sunday night game. At Arizona, at Frisco, home for Seattle, at Miami, at Buffalo. Right? Now we're we're in week seven. Home for Washington and the Jets, back-to-back. Then at Vegas, at Dallas, at Washington. Then home for New England, and then they have the bye week. Okay, after the bye week, they come back home for Green Bay, at New Orleans, at Philadelphia, uh, host the Rams, host the Eagles. That's the season. So they have a tough schedule, but I mean, I could see them being, they could be, I could see them starting out two and two. Okay. Before they they're home for Seattle. I mean, but two and two, including being home for Seattle. Then you've got Miami and Buffalo, and then Washington and the Jets. I I, I think they I think they're going to be a little better than people think. I really do. I really do. Mitch is in East Windsor. What's up, Mitch? How's it going, Larry? Thanks for the call. You got it. Hey. Uh... Hey, well, first, I mean, it was, I'm not so mad about it before I get to the football. Mm-hmm. Otani, the Angels, they're making an effort. They've gotten some other good players, offensively at least. Why? And it's nice that they can, they're going to they're gonna try and go for it. They mm-hmm. added two pitches. Yep. And maybe um, Dodgers have passed up on so many good hitters. If Otani saves the Angels, that's their tough luck. They, uh, get, they get cold feet when they should. I oh. think both New York teams... Well, well, hold sorry. on a second, Mitch. Let, let me just talk. say this, and I'll let you finish. Uh, yeah. They're gambling because if I, they must think they have a really good shot at keeping Otani because, I mean, suppose they lose him. Suppose somebody comes in and just breaks the bank, you know, like a Steve Cohen. Just come in and say, I'll offer him what it was going to take. Six hundred. I'll, ta- I'll pay. I'll pay. Whatever it is, I'll pay. I want him on this team. I want. He's a DH, and then he can pitch as well. I want him. I want them on the team. Uh, so so that would be the concern. And listen, the picture they got from the White Sox. Yeah, I mean, but he's a free agent too. Yeah, I, exactly. This, yeah. And the last time he and, pitched, and he, he didn't look good against uh, – he didn't look good in his last outing. 
And I think today's doublehead with the Angels, I think he won them both. I think that cements his MVP for a time. Two home runs, and he won. He almost had no hit in the first game. Mm-hmm. That's cement. It, it strides. Yeah. They, can, they can start making the, the play. The play. Yep. I agree. The plaque right now. I agree. Um, he's the, he's the, he's I think the Giants, they, they improved in the well receivers. I think the Daniels have a pretty good year. It's a tough division. And But the Jets are but the Jets are in a conundrum. They have so many good teams, so many good quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. You know, Dan Marino was great, and he going against so many good quarterbacks in his conference. It could happen again. It could, Mitch. Well, Thanks for the phone call. It is – It listen, the AFC – is without a doubt the best conference in the National Football League. Up and down. It's a really good conference. And it's it's not a given that the Jets will make the postseason. I think they will, but it's not a given. You can't just sit here and say, oh, there's no question. They're going, oh, definitely. No brainer. No, it's not. There's a lot of good teams in this division. A lot of good teams. And we talked about the Giants starting. That jet schedule to start out is not exactly easy either. So they've got a lot of work to do. And they have to get off to a good start. Because the pressure of them, if they don't get off to a good start, could derail them even further. I mean, the back end is not as tough. The front end is really tough. I mean, starting at home against the Bills... I mean, that's a tough one. Cause you, you, and once again, it's a divisional game. So, you know, as many callers have said, you, you got to win that game. I mean, your, your schedule, your record in the conference is, is huge. Obviously, the division. But in the conference, it's huge. It's huge. It's going to make the difference. Those out-of-conference games, I mean, if you're going to have a bad game, it's got to be an out-of-conference game. You cannot afford to have a bad conference game because it's going to be the difference between you making the postseason or not making the postseason. Buddha's in the Bronx. Hey, Buddha. Hey, what's going on? Huh? You heard anything about any coaches talking crap? <laughs> I think I heard something about something. I think I heard something, something coming out of the, the cold mountains of Denver. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, I was watching the show earlier, and I think it was true what uh, I think Matt Genie was on. He said, yeah, guys get a little older and they get a lot of money. They tend to not GAF. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, partly I think a lot of that, what he was saying, it's more geared towards, you know, like the locker room. You know, Russell Wilson had a hard time last year, and a lot of players didn't like him. And then, you know, uh, these guys, uh, Richard Sherman and all these other people they were talking, I mean, it became excessive, to be quite honest with you, you know, mm-hmm. the way they were tarnishing him. Yeah. So, you know, I think he's doing that, you know, to kind of like put the blame or hack it, you know, alleviate Russ from some of the responsibility of what took place last year. But there is an element, um, you know, listen, I, I, I'm a Jets fan. I, been just there for 41 years. Sometimes I find it annoying as much as the propaganda machine has been rolling on before any games have been played. So, if you know, naturally, the Jets have been a punchline for 12 to 13 years. Mm-hmm. So, if you don't want to be a punchline, you got to punch your way out of a situation like that. So, you right. know, rather than, I mean, Rob Salah takes the bait. I mean, good Lord. I remember, I remember, remember first nickname Apple was Steve Salah? Then I had yeah. to turn it into Word Salah? Yeah, I mean, he takes the bait of everything. He has a comment on everything. 
said that was true. Sean's been in the league for a long time, and he's had success. You've been in the league as a head coach for a short time, and you haven't. Mm-hmm. So, you know, your leash is short. Woody Johnson was going to fire you last year until, um, you know, Joe Douglas talked him out of it. But, you know, the thing is, is look, the, the Jets need to just get through that first six games at a 300 level because not necessarily only because of the schedule is going to, you know, be worse, you know, be easier than it is in the beginning. Mm-hmm. But what you want to do is you want to, like, build chemistry while not, you know, having the ship rocking and rolling. Right. So that's all they need to focus on. You know, the, the, the one thing that I'm excited that Dalvin Cook is here and he's meeting with the Jets. But, you know, and you were talking about um, you can't let him go and go to the Patriots. There's another thing that you got to watch out for here if you're the Jets. This dude's a Florida guy, mm-hmm. and he wants to go to Florida. That's his yep. top choice. I don't care what yep. anybody says. Yeah, he wants so to be in Miami. We could have another Tyreek Hill situation mm-hmm. where, you know, I'm using you to boost the price up just a little bit, and if the price is closer or equal to Miami, I'm going to go there. So I'm sure Joe Douglas has a backup plan, but just as a fan, I can't put all my eggs into that one basket. I mean, you know, let's just see how everything plays out. And, you know, people are getting hurt left and right. Somebody got hurt on the Dolphins. What's his name, Ramsey? Bad knees with Tyreek Hill today. Mm -hmm. This is what the Jets need to, and us as fans, we need to focus on. Get these guys all the way healthy. If everybody stays relatively healthy and Clark is the only major injury we have, then I foresee us being a playoff team. If we started missing this guy and that guy and we still don't have a full offensive line you know, put together, then that's the area of concern. You know, we can't get caught up in what some Sean Payton is saying about who cares, man. What the hell exactly. do I care about what Sean Payton is saying about the Jets? Well, why should I care about that? Please. You're right, Buddha. Thanks for the phone call. You shouldn't, which is why it makes you, you know, wonder why he's even opening his mouth about the Jets, you know? To quote a famous actor, the Jets shouldn't be in Sean Payton's mouth. <laughs> shouldn't. I mean, why? What's the point? There isn't one. There's no point. What are you doing? Especially when you're playing them this year. Like, if you're not playing them, okay, I get it. But you're playing them this year. Why are you even talking about them? Don't worry about it. Got more than enough things to worry about, my friend. More than enough things to worry about. Trying to get that offense rolling out there in Denver. But it is interesting. It really is interesting. And that's what, and, and once again, I heard some callers on the K show talking about it. And also with uh, DPS and Rothenberg this morning. It's everybody's saying that the Jets aren't really talking. They're really not. They're not saying anything. This is not uh, Michael and Don and Peter. They made great points today. This is not Rex saying, you know, we <laughs> stop us. You can't beat us. It's a totally different situation. 